This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Today, I'm going to talk to you about how bad contact or a negative response to an abusive person is good contact in their mind. I will explain a little bit further once we dive in, but first I'm going to go ahead and do my struggles and successes for this week. My struggle is that I'm back from vacation and I know that sounds really bratty. Like everybody, most people have to work like, you know, not everyone gets to just be on vacation all the time, but I was visiting my friends in Idaho where I used to live. I think I talked about this a little bit last week. Um, and it was just really wonderful having my only child and my dog, who's not used to being an only dog and, you know, having them with other dogs and other kids and like sharing beautiful moments and catching up. And then to just come back home to our like mostly empty house and be like, Oh, I miss everybody. I, I always miss people the most when I've just said, see you later to them. It's the hardest to kind of like get back used to like not being able to just drive to their house. Um, a success is that today is, uh, my me day. Um, I haven't had a mean day in a while because, of course, I was traveling with my child, uh, which I love. Um, I would I would choose traveling with my child every single day forever over having me days. But, of course, you know, it's important for parents to have this, you know, time to ourselves and just kind of breathe and not have anyone else to take care of. And so I've just been running errands and, you know, popping into a couple little shops. I just stopped for coffee and a sandwich. And so just kind of like I said, like resetting my nervous system, resetting myself. And I have pole class later today and I'm hosting a pole meet and greet, which I almost forgot about. Obviously by the time you listen to this, it will be over. Uh, but I invited some of my local um, Instagram followers to come hang out so that I can share my love of pole. That's been such a part of my healing journey since I left my abuser. And that is in a couple of hours. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, but okay, let's dive in. So when you are leaving, trying to leave an abusive person, you're trying to go no contact, all that stuff. If they're not blocked yet, or if they're finding ways to reach out to you, maybe you've blocked them on pretty much everything, but they're still finding ways to get emails through or whatever. Um, a lot of times it can be tempting to give them a negative response. Like, why are you still reaching out to me? Like I had to move three States away because you wouldn't leave me alone. Like you're now I'm in debt, like all this stuff. Why are you still bothering me? I told you to leave me alone. What the heck? What's wrong with you? Or even if it's not that like angry, maybe it's just like, I told you not to contact me. Something simple, something that seems fairly neutral. Like there's no way this is like inflammatory. There's no way that we could get into an argument with this or anything like that. But what happens is when you respond, even if it's mean and you're like, I'm not inviting them to contact me anymore. I'm very clearly saying, leave me alone. I've told you not to contact me. What's to misunderstand? The door is open. The door is being open and it's not your fault. It's not something you're doing on purpose. You know, if they sort of get back in, um, it's not your fault because you were thinking that this would work, that this would help you to finally not hear from them anymore. 
But again, what happens is if you respond at all, even if like, for example, you have your text messages with red receipts on so they can see that you read it. Well, they know that they're not blocked. So they're like, they're like, oh, well, she didn't respond, but she left me on red. She let me blocked it. I'll try again in a couple of weeks. And quite often with these people, it's like clockwork. Once a month, they're going to do it. Every six weeks, they're going to do it. And I know that sounds weird, but it's true. Um, and so when we respond, again, it's not our fault, uh, but the door is open for them. They're going to see it as an opportunity. They're going to say, well, she responded. Any response is better than no response. Any response is better than being blocked. So again, I can still circle back. I can still try to reach out again later. Maybe she'll respond next time. Maybe I'll come at it from a different angle. You know, this time I said, hey, you know, I, I sent you a message and you didn't respond. Um, just reaching out again. Hope you're doing well, which seems really kind. seems genuine. Um, I talked about this in my uh, hoovering examples. I read some screenshots. They were all examples of what I call like nice hoovering, where it seems like the person's being genuine. They're being kind. They're, they're just, they thought of you. They want to reach out, right? Seems harmless. But again, it's, it's a hoovering attempt and it does serve to get you back into that cycle of abuse, which is exactly what we want to avoid. So I'm going to give an example, um, of it, someone responding to an abusive person in a mean way where it made, it was very clear that they did not want to hear from this person and how the person responded. Obviously, this is something I witnessed. So this was at the end of my relationship with my abuser. Um, summer of 2021. So maybe a couple of weeks before we broke up. Maybe, you know, a month before we broke up. Um, and my abuser knew that they were losing me. So as far as I know, I don't know for sure. I'm sure that they did. Um, I, I do know that they did sort of like would reach out to like random old supply and stuff like that and mention it like, oh, this person randomly popped up. No, they didn't. You deleted the messages. You reached out to them first. Like you're, you know, you're orchestrating this. There's not random people just like reaching out to you. Um, but they emailed their, one of their exes. Um, and their ex had left a book and my abuser kept the book. And here's another lesson for you to remember is that if your abuser has even one thing of yours, it is possible that they will reach out to you under the guise of like, oh, I found this cup that you left at my house five years ago or 10 years ago. Would you like the cup back? I know you got the cup one time when you were at Goodwill and you just really needed cups. And I have your cup. Do you want your cup? I'm just being kind. And it's just like this thing where you're like, no, I have new cups. I have different cups. I don't care about that cup. Unless, of course, it's like family heirloom or something. But then you might have grabbed it on your way out. I don't know. Again, it's possible. But even if they have a family heirloom, they're not going to actually just give it to you. They're not going to just be like, here, you can have this family heirloom. I genuinely like didn't realize I had it. I'll drop it by your house. Or I'll have someone else give it to you or, you know, whatever. It's not like a genuine kind gesture. It's using it to lure you back into conversation, using it to see if you are still available for them to lure you back into conversation, right? If you ignore them, if you have them blocked so the messages aren't even getting through, eventually I like to think that they'll stop trying. Mine has stopped trying because they're blocked on everything, because they know that I'm talking about this stuff. So they know that there's no supply in me anymore. Um, but if you respond, yep, there's my supply. Yep. This person's still 
whatever. So the email was sent. Um, hey, just going through some stuff, found a book of yours. Would you like the book back? And they didn't tell me that they had sent the email until they got a response. And they come out and they're like, oh man, my ex emailed me. And I was like, okay, we're getting ready to go hang out with my son's dad. We had plans for that day, you know, and they're just like, oh, I don't know. Like, should I respond? And I'm like, that's up to you. Cause again, at this point, I'm just like, everything's a game. Nothing means anything. I don't care what you're doing. I'm not going to react to this. And they were like, will you read this email? Because I want to know what I should do. And so I'm getting another car right next to me. And I was like, why am I car? Um, yeah. So if you're on the podcast, just so you know, I'm in my car recording again. This is what I do when I have my free time and I'm not somewhere that makes sense to record. So yeah, here we are. Get used to it. <laughs> but anyway, so they're like, read this email, which again, that was part of the plan was like, I want you to read this email. I want you to get jealous that my wife, sorry, my ex-wife, that my ex is responding to me, that I've reached out to them, all of this stuff. I need you to be really insecure about the fact that this communication has been opened up again. So I read this email and I'm like, this person absolutely despises my quote unquote partner. Like it was just such a mean email, which I get it girl, I get it. Like this person put you through hell. It's fair. Um, and I don't know if, you know, again, I don't know if that person knows exactly what they were dealing with when they were dealing with it. I know they know that they were abused. I don't know this person. I've never met them. I know that they know that it was horrible, that it wasn't healthy because clearly they were trying to like reset a boundary that they tried to set a couple years ago. And it was like, never contact me again. Do not ever contact me again. I don't care where you are. I don't care if it's in two years or five years. I just want to be able to open my email without your name popping up. It was very angry. And what my abuse, what our abuser said to me was, I think she wants me to respond. Rather than going, oops, okay, this person still hates me for what I did to them. That's fair. I shouldn't have emailed. That was crossing a line. I'm not going to do that. Um, it was this looks like an opening to me. Like they literally, and, and we talk about this sometimes with abusive people is that they will tell on themselves. And this was a very telling thing. Well, this is, this is them inviting me back in because every time they would be hateful, they would invite me back in, which again, person was probably in a trauma bond. It's not like that. They were like, I love our toxicity. They were just stuck in a trauma bond. Right. And the abuser was finding their way back in. So the abuser saw that as an opening. The abuser saw that as an invitation. I don't know if they ever responded or not. Like I said, I was like, all right, well, you do what you want to do. We're going to go do this day of activities that we have planned out. Email or don't, it's up to you. Seems like she doesn't want to hear from you again, but like, you do you. And so it was dropped as far as I know, because they didn't get any supply out of me. They didn't get a reaction out of me and whatever. Um, so again, this is obviously like, I don't know, this, the ex probably doesn't know who I am. Hopefully doesn't listen to this. And if she ever does, if you do, hi, um, this is not a criticism against her or her response. Pretty normal to be like, what the heck? I just want to be left alone. It's been five years. Why am I hearing from you now about a book? Don't need the book. I don't care. Keep the book. It's not my problem. You know, you've either replaced the book or you don't care about the book. And, uh, and yet the abusive person would have, could have been like, oh, I'm going to show up at her house. Maybe if I see her 
uh, whatever that looks like, right, with you, if you are the one responding, saying, I've asked you to leave me alone. Why are you still reaching out to me? Stop doing this. Do I have to change my number? Do I have to block you? Instead of saying those things, just block them. Change your number if you have to. Do what, I know that that can be really inconvenient. And, you know, the other day someone was talking to me about receiving emails from, emails for their abuser. Um, and I was like, is it possible for you to get a new email? And she was kind of like, well, I mean, I could, it's not that big of a deal, but you know, at this point you got to do whatever you have to do to protect yourself from getting contact from them. And I know sometimes it's tempting to, to be like, well, I want to know if they're reaching out to me for a while. And I, I, when I did my one year of no contact episode, I talked about some of the mistakes that I made when I didn't understand fully how powerful going no contact is, how important it is to stick to it and be really strict and like, don't leave any wiggle room for them to come back in and be like, I found your book. Um, I have one of your, your favorite pair of socks that are like old and gross and you don't care anymore, but you're like, okay, I wore those socks five years ago. I don't want them. It's so important. And I, at first for the first like three months or so, uh, they were blocked on all social media, but not on my, not on email or on my phone. And so they could reach out to me. And every time they did for the little, the first little while, maybe the first like month or two, my heart rate would go up and I would get nervous. And I would be like, why are they reaching out to me? Well, because I was, you know, they they had an opening. It's very hard not to, it's, it's very hard trying really not to use like victim shaming language. Cause it's so easy to be like, well, I was letting them. That's not what was happening. They were doing it. They were doing the action. I just hadn't, I didn't understand how far I had to go to get them to stop reaching out to me. And so again, that's why I want to really drive this home for all of you is that as long as they have access to you again, good, bad, neutral, whatever, the door is still open in their mind. Even if they're putting you back on the shelf and maybe you're in the back corner. Cause they're like, right now, this one's giving me nothing. I'll mess with this one and this one and this one because they're kind of giving me at least something. And I'm also going to be looking for someone new because these ones aren't quite cutting it. But Lindsay still hasn't blocked me. So she's still on the shelf. When they know that you are absolutely not going to budge, that you're completely, quote unquote, useless in terms of supply, that's it. I told y'all in a couple episodes ago that I ran into my abuser. I saw them in public. They stared at me like a deer in the headlights. I looked at them like this on the podcast. I apologize, but this very blank look and they turned around and walked away and they did not text me after a year ago. They would have texted me a year ago. They did text me and say, oh, I just drove past you. And I saw Pip hanging out the window. I also drove past your son's dad. What a weird day. I hope you're well. They didn't do that this time. A year later, they looked at me. They saw me not reacting to them. They know that I am not supplied for them and I never will be again. They left me alone. They did not try to reach out to me. Obviously, like I said, I have them blocked, but they know better. So that's all I have to say about this. I wanted to give you that example. Um, I thought of it because I have a friend who, you know, not the same situation, but is struggling with someone respecting her boundaries. And she's very kind and she's just got the biggest heart ever. And she's feeling guilty and saying, oh, well, should I just respond and say, you know, yeah, everything's good. I just, you know, I thought I had communicated that I didn't want to continue anything with you. And I said, I don't think you should. He's messaging every, like, like clockwork once a month or whatever. He's just dipping back into check and see if you'll respond this time. And if you do, it's game on. So keep that in mind. 
if you don't have them blocked yet and you're still seeing stuff come up, um, don't do like I did. You don't need to know if they're reaching out to you. That's just feeling the, feeling the trauma bond re, you know, sending you back into how it was before you got away, all of that stuff. Um, and, and yeah, close the door, close it, lock it with a million bolts just to them. You don't have to be like, I'm a pretty closed off person. Um, don't really trust that many people. I'm really honest about that. I have a very small circle, which I'm happy with. You know, you don't have to bolt the door to every single person that you come across, but bolt that door to them, build a castle around it with a moat, some dragons, make it impenetrable because they do not deserve to even show up on your phone or in your email box and say, I have this book. Do you want it? They do not deserve that. And you don't, you deserve to not see their name in your email inbox or, you know, pop it up on your WhatsApp or whatever you're using. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. That is all. I'm about to get ready to go to pole class. So I'm going to have a really good day. Um, before I go, I want to remind you that, like I said in the beginning, I am a certified trauma recovery coach. I offer one-on-one coaching sessions. I have 30 minute, 60 minute packages, as well as a six week recovery program. Um, I'm already starting to see the difference in my ongoing clients. They're doing really well. I'm very happy. This is like, this was like my dream to be able to do this with people. So if this feels like something you want to check out, you can go to my website, thelindsaygamin.com. You can click on the coaching tab. If you have any questions, just reach out to me and I'll talk to you, um, you know, talk you through like, you know, are we a good fit? Can I help you with this or that? Because it doesn't necessarily have to just be, you know, domestic abuse recovery. Um, there's a lot more that I care about and can work with you through. I also have an ongoing LGBTQ support group called Polishing Off the Rainbows with my friend Trey De La Torre. We host that one Saturday a month. That will also be found on my website. Um, on the you can click on the coaching tab, go to the Calendly link, and you can see that. Um, we do pick the dates just like probably like three weeks before we do it. So just keep an eye out for that if that's something that you're interested in. For now, that's all I have. I do have some really exciting things in the works. It does take me a while to get around to creating things and doing things just because I have a lot going on, but I will be sharing some new things with you all soon. So stay tuned. And for now, take care of yourselves. Do something nice for yourself today. And please go drink some water.